Good morning, America. It's Jerry Rhodes and Sharon Rhodes <laughs> here at the breakfast table in Chicago, Illinois. Today's episode, State of the Union, 2024. Number one, we have a gridlock Congress. 2023, Vice President Harris sent 34 bills to Biden to sign by breaking a 50-50 gridlocked Senate. Were those bills that we could afford? Hell no. Taxes are gone in March and everything is borrowed money after that. Number two, open borders broke records. Six point million, six million of 332 million immigrants came across in by during Biden's administration. Twelve million undocumented, millions end up on welfare, or in the ghettos, or on the streets as vagrants, or on welfare, or and or on welfare. Annual cost of estimated by $250 billion a year. And a country that basically doesn't have any positive cash flow from GDP. We have a trade deficit of a trillion dollars a year. We lose a trillion every year of cash flow, potential cash flow. Where does it go? Well, to those 30 countries that export 30 or uh, a trillion dollars more to us than we export to them. What else? Well, we're hiring on another million bureaucrats a year. 87,000 new IRS, IRS agents who are going to, of course, according to Biden, pay for all of this. 23,000 they need down at the, uh, the borders. Border agents to do what? The best thing is, is just to stop the flow and spend the time on finding the ones that are illegal. Send them back. We can't afford any of this. It's crazy. It's nonsense. It's maniacal. Number three, the defense budget. Hmm. And we don't have an offense department. Department. We got a state department with tens of thousands or maybe hundreds of thousands of employees, not only in Washington, but around the world. We have the military that gets $551 trillion in payroll. We don't record the benefits because, of course, we're not going to pay those until later, such as their own Social Security program, and they get Medicare, Medicaid, uh, pensions, and then we're also building a fleet of 100 B-20, B-21, not 29s, of stealth, uh, nuclear, supersonic, maybe autonomous, Raider bombers at a cost of $100 billion. 100, uh, It's a billion each. And that, that's what it's estimated. It'll probably be $3 billion or, or a trillion. Who knows? when the Defense Department gets gets the okay to borrow money. Fleet of Orcas, 
It's an autonomous sub that looks like a giant whale planting a field of landmines underwater at the, at the bottom of the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans. Who's going to run into them? Is it our st- the cargo ships? Oh, no, they're way above that. Well, some of them sink. Uh, or is this going to be Russian submarines or Nazi submarines? Or uh, I, I don't know if they ever have to justify how they waste money, particularly in a world that is going from supersonic uh, AI technical technology to plant landmines in the ocean. Holy smokes. Can that be true? I don't know. Read the Epic Times, you might find out. Uh, We have proxy wars. What's the cost of being involved in Israel? 323 million. That was before we spent, I don't know, three or four billion on on an iron dome for Israel. Ukraine, 75 billion, has been invested in that. We're trying to look like we're just an investor rather than the proponent of throwing Putin back all the way back to to Moscow, which could have been done. Yeah, Trump could have done it. He would have forced NATO to take Ukraine into its ranks and it would have stopped Putin. Because then you have 30 countries that are looking him down rather than just little old Ukraine who gave up their nuclear weapons to get into NATO. And NATO thumbed them down. Why? Because of Turkey, probably. Uh, Now they're letting in, what is it, Norway or Denmark. A total defense budget of $824 billion. I mean, you're going to round it off to a trillion. How about borrowing the money anyway? Why are they borrowing this money? It's through the Treasury Department printing up treasury notes and put them out into the bond and treasury market. Uh, Some are 30 years, some are 10 years, some are two weeks, I guess. I don't know. I know it's a yield curve return. The longer the term, the the, the less the interest. That's called an inverted yield curve, which is always a predictor of a depression or a recession. Uh, That pays at 1.4% for 30 years and 4.1% for two weeks, maybe even 10% for two weeks and 4% for 10 years. Who knows? We never really know what's going on in our Treasury Department because it's being run by this little whitehead banker who used to be the Fed chairman and uh, is now suggesting that we have a 100-year Treasury bill. Just push it off, put it off, defer it, put it over against your... Children, great-grandchildren, and who knows what. It's totally incompetent management of this huge American enterprise. It's not a huge institution. We're treating it like it's a church, and we're passing the plate for taxes and trying to tell everybody that it's your taxes that are paying for all this. No, it's not. It's borrowed money. $34 trillion in current debt and $200 trillion in long-term obligations for Medicare, Medicaid, uh, government pensions, 
God knows what, 13 entitlements. But no, no, we're, <laughs> we're going to invest uh, in B-21s at $100 million and Orca subs at $700 million. And now we're going to we're going to build a, a railway in Africa. The railway is to cost three point eight three trillion. No one's really said how much of that China is also going to pick up because they want the minerals first. That Africa has the forty some countries there. They're drawing alliances with as many as many and as fast as they can because it's. China versus us when it comes to taking over the world of enterprise. China plans to be the biggest investor in Africa. They got a credit, a line of credit from the International Monetary Fund for a trillion dollars under their Wolf Warrior Belt of the Road and of the Sea program for taking China capitalism around the world in competition with who, guess who? America. America the bountiful. America the, the wealthy. America, and America the, the imperialist that dropped two atom bombs on civilians. That's our worldly reputation. One trillion dollars from the International Monetary Fund is documented. Five hundred million for Africa and five hundred million for Latin, South, and Central America. So they're, they're surrounding us with their alliances with money that they don't have. I mean, they're they're having cash flow problems too because they've been twenty. They built twenty cities that are bigger than America or New York City. So. China versus USA in the trade war race, but also in, in the precious metals race, because we all have to have rare earth and lithium and cobalt to build our, our toys, you know, like the Orca and the, and the B-21s. The Raiders, they call them, the Raiders. Who are they going to raid? Number four, budgetary accounting, waste taxes, hides debt, and cooks the books by not using generally accepted accounting principles. What the hell is GAAP? Generally accepted accounting principles. It, it, it means you have to have a set of books, books that shows your long-term obligations and how you're going to amortize the payment of those. If you, if you don't do that, then you're, you're bankrupt. If 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 you're insolvent, and you're not showing all your debt in the SEC and the IRS, you're put out of business. You have to file on a accrual basis. They want to tax you on future future transactions. They love to tax you on future uh, increase in market value. Taxes, taxes, taxes will never ever cover this. Um, Unbelievably large government, 24 million employees. It's that $1.9 trillion payroll that includes the best of everything. They make twice as much as the private sector per year. They have their own Social Security fund. 
they have their own, they get Medicare, Medicaid. Uh, their pensions are, are written into law. And these folks uh, at every level, federal, state, local, after they retire, they go into consulting for the governments. But they still get their pensions. And they live longer because they have no financial worries. They are the top 1%. The bureaucrats, along with the Ponzi schemers and, and the pyramiders. Okay, the rest of four. 24 million government workers, 1.9 trillion payroll, I'll reiterate. I think that's startling. Where do you get all this information anyway? Are you making this up? I couldn't make this up. I couldn't write a fictional thing on this. It's so unbelievable. No. 70 trillion unfunded pension debt. Unfunded? Yeah, every state has unfunded pension plans written into their law. And they don't fund it. They're just putting that off. How are they going to get paid? Well, they probably won't. Who knows? Bureaucrats better start worrying about that. So we've, we've, we've got an insolvency there. Number five, 20, 34 trillion in current debt. If you go to the debt clock, where are you getting this information? Well, it's www.usdebtclock.org. There's an app in your Apple library, and you can go in and look at the federal, state, local, international debt clocks. Was this thing accurate? Well, it's our books. The government doesn't keep anything except cash basis books. Whatever comes in or goes out, that's that's what they're reporting. And there's still $34 trillion that they have to borrow because they have to put that in the receipts to side to say they're balancing their budgets. They've never balanced the budget since, uh, since World War II. And uh, Delano Roosevelt did it by selling war bonds. That's how we beat Hitler in four years, and it took him ten years of stealing money from, the, from the Ger his German population. And we still beat him. Uh, with the two bombs that Truman dropped, the dummy. If he hadn't dropped them, we could have been a def debt deterrent forever because to show him a, a moving picture of of the test sites in New Mexico, and that would have kept everybody out of the business of threatening with nuclear weapons. Number six, trade deficit of $1 trillion per year caused our current debt. So we have a current debt of $34 trillion, and it was created by the fact that we haven't made any money forever because the trade balance has been negative since World War II. Because we had no set of books, no one really knew how to run a, the great American enterprise. It's not an institution. It's a huge business. We should be treating it like it, it is, not a church. Uh, $7 trillion uh, of these treasury bills are uh, investments by Ch China, Japan, South Korea, India, Russia, etc. 
any of the 30 countries that we are deficit spending with them on negative balance of trade, we pay them out of fiat dollars, which is printed up by the by Federal Reserve or our U.S. Treasury Department through the Federal Reserve or defer payments on these treasury notes anywhere from one year to 30 years and and our little treasury secretary says we should need we should get a hundred year treasury going so we could put everything off until the, the next century and who's buying these well the people that we have imbalanced the trade with primarily china japan south korea india russia south america central american cartels canada mexico britain sweden well, those are supposed to be our friends. Well, we, we've got an imbalance of trade. If we don't pay them like business is business, they want to take the, our collateral. Well, what the hell is collateral? Well, if we don't pay our interest, even the minimum payments, it compounds and it's added to the debt. And we're not paying current interest. We, don't, we have an accrual for unrecorded interest on debt of $70 trillion. This is worse than me paying $25 on a on a million dollar credit card and the difference is compounded by putting it into the principal that's how bad it is here if you don't believe me go look at the debt clock federal rate of inflation um no it's the fed rate i'm sorry this is number 7 we'll move on to where was I here? I got off track. Trade deficit of a trillion dollars per year caused current debt. Seven trillion is in treasuries with China, Japan. I, I, I covered that. And the inverted yield curve of 1.4% for long terms and short terms of 4.2%. Number seven, the Fed rate raise a 7%. Uh, goes it goes to ten percent on mortgages, and it uh, escalates up to from a seven percent for uh, the member banks to twelve percent for foreign banks. So the Fed, as they're raising the interest rates under the the, the silly premise that it's going to stop inflation. Inflation is caused by this giant government wasting money and hiding taxes and, and overpaying all the employees and just giving it away. Uh, we, we never know because we, we don't have a set of books. Um, so inflation is 10 to 20 percent. Uh, inflation then causes stagnation because 60,000 new business a month the, the entrepreneurs, 60,000 go out of business. Why do they go out of business? Because the cost of a small business, 40% of it is the cost of government. Now regulations and regulators and, regulators and checkers and balancers and the ones that run the country. 24 billion million uh, bureaucrats. They all are the swing vote. They swing for the incumbents. And the incumbents get reelected 90% of the time. And Congress is rated as only 12% approval rating. So what's going on here? It's a personality contest through Facebook and Instagram and all that. And, 
and it's only those with the gold that can rule. It's not a rule of law in America, it's the law of rulers. Get it? The law of rulers. Biden and his Biden family with, with the chief salesman of Hunter Biden, where do they get all their money? You know, he's been, he's been a politician for 50 years. Where did Obama get his money? Where, where, where did any of these guys get their money? Well, the, the, they're earning it by going along to get along, just like Sam Rayburn told them. You know, that's how to make money in America. What used to be a constitutional government is no longer a constitutional government because it's run by the golden rule. Those with the gold shall rule. Stock market at 37K, NASDAQ at, at 14% increase. How can, this, how can this happen? When we're in stagnation, we're in an inverted uh, yield curve, we're in a uh, recession, that's what causes stagnation. When the stock market and NASDAQ continue to rise, when the productivity and the quality of what America exports goes, goes south. So yes, inflation is eating us alive. It did in 1929, uh, and it crashed the stock market then. It did it again in 1982 when the interest rates went to 23%, 26% prime rate on small businesses. And then again in 2008 when $31 trillion was taken out of the 401k plans and heaped onto the prime subprime mortgages, which really was a depression. And it, the stimulus checks then were all borrowed money, of course. And the, the borrowed money went to GMC, who has never repaid their $40 billion or whatever they got to stay in business. And so Obama had arrived and was going to save us from ourselves and couldn't save us from anything, let alone a Black, black Lives Matter ma uh, life, Black Lives <laughs> Matter revolution that wants restitution <laughs> <like> and, <laughs> and restitution for how we treated their their parents and their grandparents and their former slave relationship relations. It's insanity, <laughs> and we just keep doing it faster. And faster and faster. What else can there be? The hedge funds. What the hell is a hedge fund? It's these Ponzi schemers that say, that say to you, we're the smartest people in the world when it comes to investment, and we're going to analyze the risk. You want to want to see a, a butte? Go to Ray Dalio's. He's CEO of Bridgewater. His 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 edict or no? It, uh, <laughs> His estimate of what's going to happen worldwide, he calls it the the uh, uh, the, the uh, new world order. The there are winners and there are losers, and he's got eighteen determinants that has basically calculated that from history, America, Americans' great curves, and there have only been three uh, now going to be four. The other smaller curves don't count. And it first was the Dutch. They took over the, the world of shipping. And then it was Brit Great Britain. They took over the world of colonization. And then it was a colony, America, 
that took over um, and invented free enterprise. And how did they invent it? It wasn't slaves getting in six here in 1620. No, 1619. No, it was 1620 when the pilgrims got here at Plymouth Rock. And they had to have food, so they traded beans for corn and corn for clothes and clothes for covered wagons and covered wagons for uh, planes, trains, and automobiles and technology and GDP and the great American enterprise was invented by the American dream that we all can be prosperous if we only will take a risk and deliver a quality product based on supply and demand and we then can have our share of the great American enterprise pie. But then the greed gland enters in, and we have some that are smarter than others. Oh, wait a minute, that sounds like Orwell's 1984 or Animal Farm, one or the other. Yeah, well, all these rules that are made, the seven rules that were made on the animal farm, six applied to the animals, and the, and the other one applied to the smart boars and pigs that ran the farm. Who's running our farm? <laughs> well, it is animal farm, that's for sure. Um, who are the hedge funders? What is a hedge fund? It's where they're going to invest with their binoculars, estimating in the future with these 18 determinants that Ray Dalio uses for, for predicting that America's going to lose its position number one to China in the next decade. You better read it. Because at the end, he says, let evolution be with you. He's been to China. He likes. He kind of likes the China people. He's investing short on America and long on China and China's alliances. Because they, the plan is, is that, that worldwide, gover worldwide government will not be in D.C. It'll be in CCP, the Chinese Communist Party in Beijing. And that will happen in the next 10 years, according to Dalio's uh, algorithms. So what are, who are they? Uh, let me see here. Uh, we've got Bridgewater, Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, Vanguard, Berkshire, Morgan and Stanley. The... the uh, Oh, what's his name? Chorus, uh, Loris. <laughs> no. Um, Millennium Sigma. Soros. That's an S. Soros. Oh, the Soros has a hedge fund, huh? He's hedging against America, too. Why is it that China won't allow any investment of the Chinese capital in, in America, even though they're buying up our farmland, I think they're doing it around the, under the table. Um, and we allow our hedge funds and our uh, investment groups to buy China, buy stock in China's companies. Beijing won't allow it. We, somehow, some way, the Biden administration and Trump and have uh, always allowed the, the capital flow in from anywhere we can get it because we don't have <laughs> enough cash to cover our payroll. 
have they or are they hedging for or against America? Well, with the predictions uh, by Galio, or, uh, Dalio's book, uh, the tangents between America peaking and coming down and, and China uh, with GD, GDP rising, their tangent is, is going to the next number one level within the next 10 years. And then it will last for another 200 to 300 years, and then there'll be probably an alien that will own our country, alien world. But, uh, yeah, uh, what is capital? It's uh, starting a business. It's the cost of doing business. It is our economy. Economy is not America. Enterprise is America. So economy is the cost of enterprise. Why in the hell are we always talking about what's our economy? Do we have a successful economy? Is our economy going to go um, south? That's why we got to raise our debt ceiling. We got to protect our economy. No, you're just protecting the people with the gold. What makes America great is not its economy. Obviously, it's losing money. It's bankrupt. It's a great American enterprise. Okay, well, right now we have a gridlock Congress and our astute, very knowledgeable, perceptive and visionary Giggler Harris approved 30, I think it was 34 bills to get him to Biden to sign during a period of austerity and pandemic and 300 years of currency was printed up by our little gnome in, in, the, in the Treasury Department. We're bankrupt. What in the hell are we continuing to make to offer up 40,000 bills a year, uh, a year around at every level of government, passing four or 5,000 in the law that we don't need, costing another trillion, billions of dollars to try to have us out here the 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 workers the the, the uh, risk taking American workers to implement, and then blame us all for the fact we're not making money. The book, the New World Order, take it a look. Winners and losers, America the loser and China the winner. Let evolution be with you, says Mr. Dalio, and then. BlackRock, Larry Fink, says he's going to go over and fix or rebuild Ukraine. Uh, He's thankful that Putin's doing what he's doing. He'll just go over there and invest American money into rebuilding it. We're already costing us billions, $78 billion that's been given to Ukraine along with uh, weapons of mass destruction. Or so they say. Um, Let evolution be with you. Predicts USA's demise. Um, As world leader replaced by China in the next decade. Mm -hmm. Number 12, Biden versus Trump. 
left versus right, progressive versus conservative, or what about the deservatives? I just formulated that as a, as a third party. The American Enterprise Party is representing the risk-taking American workers, which I would call the deservatives. Yeah, just like Black Lives Matter, we're going to demand reparation. We want co- free college, free, free everything. That's what's been promised by the left and the right and the progressives and the conservatives. Or are they the red and the blue? The red and the blue states, 27 blue states and 23 red states. And they uh, all create chaos at the ballot box, or did for 2014 and 2020 and 2024. You know, Republicans pulled it off in 2016 and the, and 2020, it was the Bidens, and then in 2024, um, if Biden wins, America loses. It's fortune to bankruptcy. If Trump wins, or runs and wins, I don't know if he could even get nominated at this point, America loses its future to bankruptcy. So either way, whoever we vote for here, these are the front runners, one's... 80, going to be 86 or 87 at the end of another term, and Trump's right behind him by a couple, three years. Is that what we want? Well, I propose, as the founder and CEO of the American Enterprise Party, if a third party garners 40%, and 40% represents the current independence, but that's not the only place that this party will draw from. It'll draw from the rhinos on the on the right and the dinos on the left, Democrats in name only and Republicans in name only, are looking for something that is a referee, middle of the road, has gap accounting, has its view on being uh, fiscally responsible and winning the trade war. And all the other wars be the put out of existence. If American Enterprise's proposal of quasi-reorganization is enacted, bankruptcy can be avoided. Stopping China and Russia and North Korea, Iran, from taking over the world. It's the China alliances you've got to be afraid of. They have China capitalism, or China capitalism, and they have China dream. Thing is, they don't have China socialism like we do. We have American socialism, which is the investors. That's monetary capital. And we have the um, so, uh, American socialists, socialism, which are the human capital. So we have the monetary capital working with the human capital that sustains this great American enterprise, which is the only one in the world that is supported by a so-called democracy that we have now gridlocked to the point it no longer is because it's been amended 28 or 29 times and the wokes are in there to tear down all of our past and burn our books and pull down our statues and not stand up for the American um, anthem. we got to stop China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, 
South America, um, Canada, Mexico. They're all exporting more to us than we import to them. They've taken over the global trade. How? Well, China led it. We shifted wealth, 14, at least 14 trillion of wealth to them to create their GDP. Now their GDP is approaching 20 and ours is declining to 20 trillion. The overall worldwide GDP of 200 trillion, we have that much in debt with our obligations. We have 200 trillion in short-term and long-term obligations. The worldwide GDP is 200 trillion. What in the world? How in the hell did this happen? Well, so help us God, we have to keep America great, not make it great. Trump's saying he's going to make America great again. That was Hitler's slogan, make Germany great again. Let's take over the world. <laughs> okay, is that Trump's goal? I don't know. I never saw his plan. I know that he uses that in his rallies because he wants to be like Hitler was, everybody holding up their straight arm, and he even waves back with his arm that he's the Fuhrer. And Biden, frankly, is a stumbler and a mumbler who shouldn't be leading anything. And he isn't. He's the Wizard of Oz behind the screen of uh, the academics from Harvard, from Yale, from Stanford, all the smart people that figure they couldn't make enough money in, teach, in teaching in our institutions. So they decided to be go to go to Yale or Harvard, get law degrees and or an MBA and or whatever, and get in government because that's where the action is. Well, what the hell are we going to do about this? How can we how can we avoid this? Well, the plan is in my books, the American Enterprise Swing Vote uh, Party. Volume one is why we have to do it. You just heard why we have to. We got a total disaster. It was all caused by the Democrats and Republicans. Both are the same mentality. They're attorneys, and they're professors, and they're bankers, and they're economists. Of course, they want to rule by rulers, not rule by law. We kind of lost that rule by law thing to Soros and his hedge fund. Turn the tables on foreign exporters that collectively exceed America's exports to them. And that is shipped by, principally by China's 5,400 5, car cargo ships that they manufactured out of, I guess, guess Jap Japanese steel now. You know, they got U.S. steel, we took it over. Uh, and their, their container ships and, uh, and the containers themselves are all manufactured by China. There's about a million of them in action around the 100 ports in the world. And they go through the Suez Canal and the Panama Canal, which had to be widened, and it was, by American money. It's ironic. Now, the global trade deficit is, is a trillion per year. Uh, China is three or four hundred million of that. Japan's not far behind. South Korea isn't either. Uh, India, and now Africa. 
and and uh, where else? Well, Russia, where there's oil or there's precious metals, that's where China is. They're in Africa. They got a trillion dollar line of credit from the Inter International Monetary Fund and two tranches of 500 billion each, to 500 billion to invest in Africa in their belt of the road <laughs> plan. You can go, you can see in my volume one what their plans are. <coughs> and oh, by the way, they're going to convert to generally accepted counting principles so they will know where they stand. But they're smarter than we are. Um, and also 500 billion in South America where they just found oil down by Venezuela. I forget that country's name. Uh, and Venezuela wants to claim it as their territory. More oil than there is in the Mideast or possibly the rest of the world. And then we have deposits of um, natural gas that were, they're the biggest in the world. And of course, the Green New Dealers, <laughs> they're going to bankrupt everyone, including our enemies, because they all say that they're going to convert to wind and solar and, of course, the wind doesn't blow all the time and the sun doesn't shine all the time and the water doesn't run all the time. Uh, and it's electricity that drives all of our uh, um, ways of living, um, lifestyles and transportation and, and, and all of our agencies are basically funded by, guess what? fossil fuels. So the conclusion of all this rant, if it is, comes across as that, is that, is that we currently are bankrupt. The, the U.S. debt clock is the basis and formulation of my books because that's the only set of books that we have on not just federal government, but each state. And each state is run by a governor or a mayor or a, a county supervisor, and they're not accountable for anything. So just like Margaret Thatcher did with Great Britain to be able to save them from self-destruction after the war, she came in as prime minister and uh, um, stood up and said, uh, give the colonies their freedom. They're all demanding they want to be free. Hong Kong and, and India, Africa, let them be free. Let the responsibility for funding their own business be theirs. The tax rate in England uh, overnight went from 90% to 20%. Unfortunately, <laughs> the monarchy still stood with Queen Elizabeth, so they got their share, whether the risk-taking uh, British got theirs, because they then immediately went from socialism, socialism to capitalism and then started restoring their uh, place in the... Uh, Galio curves. Uh, now they they are in and out of the EU, and but yet Scotland and Ireland are gone. The colonies that were making the money are gone. They got their independence. So why do we why why is that important in looking at America? Well, we have not thirteen colonies, which is the ones that wanted to get away from King Edward and his rule by rulers. Uh, and they started up these small businesses. I've already said that, you know, the corn for beans and beans for clothes, that process was all invented here. It's the whole foundation for enterprise, free enterprise. 
uh, it, it has to be free because each person has to have the opportunity to play out their role and they need to learn and turn and they need to, a skill to build to be able to provi provide the work or the human capital to make this whole uh, capital uh, is some work. And it has, it has been working better than anything else around the world, but we're losing it with this gridlock, with this whole mentality that the people that are running the country should be the ones that have all the money. <laughs> and uh, we've, got, we've got good quarterbacks, but they've never been in there running the, the business. Truman dropped the atom bombs, and the rest of them were attorneys. The only one that was halfway smart was Delano Roosevelt, who won the Second World War, the only war we've ever won, and did it with trade war bonds, or uh, uh, war bonds. So a part of the plan here uh, by this proposal is that this will have to be funded because we're so far in the hole, we have to have capital coming in and we're not gonna tax everybody in America. There isn't enough taxes or in, there isn't any income when you add it all up. We're going to sell trade war bonds. And those people that are putting their wealth in somewhere else, like the pension funds or the hedge funds or the Buffets and the Gateses who never invented anything or the Musks or, or the Trumps, they never invented anything. They never really started a business. They inherited them or Ponzi schemed them in. So what is the conclusion um, to this? Ask not what you can do for your party, ask what you can do for your country. Instead of saying, I am a Republican or I am a Democrat, and I'm gonna call this the Americrat. The American Enterprise Party, Americrat, is set up for the deservatives versus the conservatives versus the liberals. Because it's common sense that says, Jerry, if what you say is true, then by God, let's do it. Because it doesn't make sense to continue bankrupting us worse when there isn't enough around the world to even pay off our debts. So the conclusion is, uh, instead of a divided America around two political parties, the American Enterprise Party becomes the swing vote. The, the referee that we have in every football game, basketball, game, court, or a baseball field to keep both sides honest and following the rules. Oh, you, well, don't you mean that the, the Enterprise Party will never be in control? Well, no, I didn't say that. The swing vote is in control because with a gridlock Congress, Joe Manchin was the swing vote. And every other vote where both the Republicans and Democrats freezes up and they use uh, filibuster, they said, to get it at, at consensus, which is a farce, we would have consensus with the third party representing the human capital, the Democrats, and then we have the Democrats and the, and the Republicans who are basically those that in the past have been telling us what to do. And then we have to do it and then they take it off the top and the rules don't apply to them. Yeah, just take a look at Newsom and, and the big guys in these governors in these states that thumb their noses at responsibility, they don't have any. 
No, we're going to start saying the government, you've got your own little colony here, and you're going to have to be responsible for making money on the generally accepted accounting principles. So it's not going to be a balanced budget farce. You're going to have to set things up analytically to know why we've got so much crime, so many guns, so many pregnancies, so many dropouts, so many societal problems, which are detracting from the ability for your state to generate cash flow from capitalism. Huh. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be a change where everybody's accountable? Not to Big Brother. These aren't the Brotherhood. They are now. The Brotherhood are the agencies that are appended on this giant government at every level. We have the agency on, what, energy that was the only moneymaker, transportation, education. Um, what are the others? Agriculture. Um, healthcare. You can go down the, 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 the names of the federal agencies that are duplicated at every level. We have public health officials everywhere. We have uh, healthcare officials everywhere checking and checking and not ever doing anything. And we never base anything on outcome. It's always on the income of whoever's running that institution. We've institutionalized everything. And at every level, we don't make any money. In healthcare, uh, the, the, the pharmaceuticals and the providers are paid on the basis of, of diagnosis and prescriptions, not on the basis of an outcome or, or preventing any disease or preserving any life. Life expectancy has gone down from 82 collectively to 73 collectively. And we're 39th in the list of the the best healthcare systems in the world, and Singapore is number one. And they have a private and public partnership, which is what I offer up in my book, Healthcare for All. We're not gonna have Medicare for All, it's ridiculous. We've got no healthcare for all right now. So we have to have the, the patient or the um, 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 citizen basing the selection of a provider on the ba basis of outcome or their ability to provide what I'm saying is preventive care and sustaining life and improving our overall life expectancy without just lab tests and, and, and habit-forming pharmaceuticals and say that they're the best healthcare system in the world and that that it all goes back to life expectancy. Well, ours is going down. You look at the results, our healthcare system is substandard and it's run by bureaucrats. And we tried to buy nursing homes and I had turned them around with my approach to, to the staff. You gotta learn to earn and have a skill to build. I was able to do, turn them around with half of the staff because this other half wasn't doing anything. So they're not understaffed. They're <laughs> under or underworked is what they are. They're not focused. They're not pursuing what the state of Illinois had set up was a six-star system, which was working. I was able to use the six stars to to motivate my staff and turn around nursing homes in an enterprise model. And the guys that the big the big chains wanted to throw it out because they couldn't get any stars because they had no quality. They had no relationships with the family and they weren't preventing anything and they weren't getting people better and restoring the elderly. They were warehousing the elderly on Medicaid, which means 
before you can get Medicaid, you have to throw all your money away on this substandard care. And then to get you on Medicaid, they don't charge the family. No, you get Medicaid because you've basically given all, all your wealth to the government. And that was exactly what I went into and, and turned around on the Methodist Church when they promised life care and had it, all their patients giving all their uh, their uh, wealth or good, good, uh, valuables to the to the church, and then they would take care of them forever. Well, then they started to live forever, and then the Methodist Church, uh, all uh, country U.S. countrywide, their uh, emerging retirement communities were all going to be bankrupt because the the California Supreme Court and the U.S. Supreme Court says if you if you're going to promise some free care, you can't build Medicaid, you can't build the government, uh, or, or if you're going to do that, you have to give all this money back to these people before you can get Medicaid. Well, okay, the Methodist Church hired me in one location in Illinois to go in and, and uh, show them how to go bankrupt because I was a CPA. And once I got there, I saw that, no, you shouldn't go bankrupt. They were tearing down a 10-story building that could represent the solution. And we raised church bonds and turned it around and had Medicaid paying because the people that were in this in this community were in the skill care for post-hospital. Then they go to the intermediate care in the 10th floor building, and then they go to the, to the duplexes and try to keep them out of the hospitals. It was a new enterprise model on health care, and it worked. Now Lawrenceville Methodist Retirement Community is uh, is 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 a landmark for the Methodist Church, and, and they so they used that as a model around the country, and did not have to put the church in bankruptcy. So yeah, I've done a few um, major consulting jobs because I worked for the greatest consulting and accounting firm ever, Arthur Anderson, that was put out of business inappropriately for something they didn't really cause. So give the people their choice. Avoid wholesale dissolution of the American dream and enterprise using gap accounting for reporting the nation's insolvency, radical private policies, foolish spending, incompetent leaders, loss of profitability, agencies resulting in bankruptcy by defaulting 79 times on the current debt and not recording the long-term debt. The loss of the trade war, support of proxy wars, and irresponsible spending on weapons of mass destruction, a fleet of B-21s, Orca autonomous submarines planting mines in our oceans while building a railway in East Africa to stop China from taking over China, uh, India's precious metals and in Latin America, where China is, taking over their fossil fuels and uh, Africa's rare earth metals and gold, lithium, and cobalt, which are needed to, to build anything electronic, is what fossil fuel does now.
China has a line of credit, which I've iterated before with the International Monetary Fund to enable them to do this. Uh, it's 500 trillion invested in India, or no, in Africa, and 500 trillion in, in South America and Central America, the cartels. 500 billion in transportation of metals to China from Africa, and 500 billion from South America. That's what's happening. And what can stop it? Read my. Read my three books. You can read the first one and probably arrive at the conclusion that I'm right because that's what my reviewers have said. And uh, then you can then you can read the how you do it in the in the manifesto second volume under a quasi reorganization. You you freeze the debt at all levels and you write off the debt that isn't producing anything for the country. It's the way you do it in a bankruptcy. Chapter Eleven Bankruptcy Quasi Reorganization. We're going to pay debts, but we're going to we're going to get rid of the waste. We're going to stop hiding the waste of taxes, and we're going to start having generally accepted accounting principles at all levels, and hold our governors and and mayors and you know those people that run these subsidiary governments accountable, and then also the federal government is accountable to not a budget, not a illusionary. Uh, financial system, but to one that every com every company in the United States has to use if they're going to, you know, involve themselves in the great American enterprise. <coughs> so the last question is, how do I know this will work? Because like I say, I've done it. I've done it with the nursing homes. I've done it with the, uh, the retirement centers. Uh, I, I am here as a consultant to what I would see, the, the capable people that are doing this, carrying out this plan of of uh, reorganization is right down Mitt Romney's uh, sweet spot. His his company, um, what was it, Bain Capital, that was especially, it's going into big companies, cutting them under, under Chapter 11 of the bankruptcy law, which the Democrats are always trying to throw out to get at the Republicans. But anyway, Chapter 11... And they would get the, the fixed costs pared down, the waste pared down to the break-even point, make money, and then sell them off for a profit. And they would have shares of stock that they made their money off of. So he understands and will understand this. And I've sent him uh, my first volume and the explanation of why I think he would be a leader in this party. I'm not saying he's going to be president. No, this party is a swaying vote. They don't aspire to be the only party. According to Aristotle, there's only three types of, of governments. There's the, the rarity, which is a democracy, which they created and, and Rome took up until Brutus killed Caesar. And there's monarchies like Britain, Britain has been, or around Europe, most of them were monarchies. And then there are dictatorships or warlords, and those usually are in the biggest countries or the smallest countries. That's the way the small countries get big, is just tell everybody to shut up or you're going to disappear, like China does. And look at uh, Tibet on how they will come into America when they're here to take us over. They're going to want to collect their collateral. That's what it's all about, folks. It's how, what we owe and our collateral. It's our farmland. It's our precious metals. It's our companies. It's, a, it's everything here. This affects 
everyone. When this bursts, and it may take another 10 years, Dalio says, or, or Larry Fink, or whoever's betting against America, when it happens, every last person in this country, including the illegal immigrants and whoever's flowing through here thinking they're going to get a, their piece of the American pie by going on welfare, and, and Pelosi says we need them to pick the cotton, and, and Schumer says we need more brown babies. Come on. Let's just get back to brass tacks like the uh, pilgrims did. To survive, we've got to know how to do trade, global trade, because we're not going to take over the supply. We're not going to have all these things manufactured here because the rest of the world has taken that part of the, uh, of the supply line. China with pharmaceuticals, everything. You know, there are, there are certain countries that have their specialty, France and their wines, and Russia and their oil, and, you know, you, you, can, you name it. China in multiple things, because they have alliances in, in all of the South Sea businesses. Uh, no, we're not going to pull those back with a, with a corporate tax break. It was ridiculous. Or a tariff. Hell, they're charging the tariffs, 20% tariff tax on the importers here, not the exporters there. And everybody says, oh, you do this, roads, and that, and the prices will go right up. No. <laughs> no, we're telling China and all these company, the companies, they pay shipping. You know, if they want the, their labor to do it, they're going to have to ship it to get it there. We have the, the weight of consumerism on our side. And that says that we're not going to any longer pay shipping and you're going to have to share in the cost of getting it from your cargo ships to our semi-trailers and trains. Every train that you see has got a COSCO container on it. That's the Chinese uh, shipping company. They are the biggest. They are a monopoly for the Chinese Communist Party on global trade. It's called a monopsony. They are the buyer and seller of last resort, folks. And they will be the one world government if we let this happen. Because America's gone financially when this bursts and China picks up the pieces and keeps on going, just like America did after the Second World War. So it's not the first time it's been done. So we either avoid it or stop it after it happens and have to scramble like hell to try to get back on top, which is not probably gonna happen for 300 years as Dalio predicts. China's going to have it for a long time. And in my book, Americana, 2084 becomes a reality, not 1984. And it is a giant animal farm because eventually all the workers decide to just stay home and drink vodka and not, and be happy, not have to own anything, just rent their property. And just like Mark said, you know, that'll be the, that'll be Earth. I hope not. I won't live long enough to even know probably but anyway that's my state of the union <laughs> it is not strong it is not solvent it is bankrupt and if you don't believe me read my books go into the debt clock talk to your accountant they're the ones that know what i'm talking about and they should be talking the same language as we need a third party just to break the gridlock and pull this undivided or this divided country back together and get leaders, a quarterback, then can lead their offense. Not like the Bears that think they're going to win the Super Bowl on defense. And they had they got 40 quarterbacks since Ditka was there and, and 15 coaches. 
because they're run by McCaskies who know nothing about football. So, anyway, we need a Saban running the country. If he wants to run for president and run as an American Enterprise Party candidate with Manchin and, and uh, Mitt Romney being the leaders of the party, wow, I'd vote for that. Saban is a winner. He's got a plan. He's got, he's got talent. He attracts talent. He knows how to pick talent. So why don't we do it that way? The great American enterprise can be, not just saved, kept great. Because you look around, this country is unbelievably great. That's why they're all wanting to come here, including the Chinese, the Russians, and, and all these other countries. They've got 150 countries that are coming through this. The worst, worst decision ever was dropping atom bombs. That's Truman. The second worst is this Biden, Pelosi, and Schumer idiots that said we have to have open borders. We have to take $700 million. Here. You're, you're the wealthiest company, country in the world, and you can take 700 million people. You have enough expanse there and natural resources. We want to, you should take these starving refugees and poverty-stricken people from all over the world, like Animal Farm. Well, that would be the worst thing that could ever happen because then the leadership would go to a um, big brother and the brotherhood. And you'd have the three sections in the world like you got in the book 1984. And there would be no love any longer between partners. It was all being watched on the uh, little cell phone or the little camera that's in your bedroom. And then, then they would threaten you with a rat eating your face if you ever saw that woman again in, uh, out of our sight. So anyway, my listeners... Uh, I apologize for taking a little bit of your time here, but if you would, please share this with your followers, your your relatives, and your friends. Uh, there's got to be something that goes viral that, viral that wakes up the the heart and soul of America. So help us God. Thank you for listening. Good morning, America. This is Jerry Rhodes and Sherry Rhodes coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. I call this from around the breakfast table. We always do this every morning with our coffee and uh, our breakfast bar, protein bar. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning. Well, I said in the past that we should record these sessions even if it's for our own good and welfare, regardless of who might be listening up. Uh, hopefully, there are folks out there that uh, are listening and wondering where America will be 10 years from now. Being uh, in my past and now present and future a visionary and having a podcast that's based on that, and along with that uh, statement of, of not just issues but problems and envisioning solutions, uh, we've decided we start recording what we're talking about and then maybe it will catch on. Because if it doesn't catch on, 
and I'm not a doom and gloomer. Uh, I'm a CPA. I have 60 years of experience in such things as um, overborrowing and overspending and ignoring the bottom line and hoping that growth would give me enough revenue to pay everything off as it's happening in America. And actually, it never happens. Even, even in small businesses or big government, it just gets worse until it collapses. Right now, the stock market is at 31,000 and the debt of America is 32 trillion. The debt is bigger than the speculative speculation in the huge bubble called the stock market that will burst at any time based upon the Fed or our, our Congress or our president making the wrong turns, which they're constantly doing since World War II. So here we are. I wanted to talk more about solutions than uh, the dire consequences of mismanaging our finances because we don't have a set of books. It's just a uh, checkbook. Right now, the checkbook, way more checks are written than deposits made. Well, why is that? Well, we've been losing money every year since World War II. And we had to lose more money in World War II just to build the machine that, that, that beat Hitler and Tojo and, and overcame Stalin. But it's called global trade. And whether you like it or not, the, the world has shrunk in size because of what I'm recording on here now, which is digital communications, is that it's, it's a very small world. And the new world order, as it's predicted by our boy Bill Gates and his crowd who have their gated communities and their supposed billions of dollars that already don't even exist unless they can sell their stock somewhere. Uh, I think they're going to run the world on a one world government uh, with ESG, which is environmental, societal and governance, not of the people, for the people, by the people, but by the Politburo, of the Politburo, uh, of the Politburo. It's predictable. And it's happened in other countries, such as Russia, China, Venezuela, Cuba. 70% of, of the world is under communist control. It's, con it's control. It isn't communist um, management. Uh, the management of those countries is, has evolved in this country. And under a two-party system that has become now a uniparty, a party that wants to be in control for the rest of the century, regardless of their competence when it comes to the greatest enterprise ever invented. Because that's what America is. It's an enterprise. It's capital, monetary capital, capitalism, American capitalism, coming together with American socialism, which is the workers, 
They come together every day, every second in America, in our small business enterprises, and into our larger, medium and large enterprises until they're taken over uh, by the monopsony, which is the government. So what is a monopsony? The word that no one has ever heard of or knows the definition of. Um, I could say, go read my books. It's defined there and, 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 is, and is happening to us now is that government becomes the, the single biggest buyer of everything. And if you look around and think about it, uh, they have monopolies that work for them. The big boxes, the big pharmas, the big everything that gets big then is subservient to big brother, big government. So um, am I a uh, fatalist? No. Am I an activist? Well, I don't know. But I know accounting. I know finances, I know quite a bit about economics, and I've, I've had my own business, invented my own service products, and I have been through bankruptcy, Chapter 11, a couple times, because bankruptcy is the, we're the only country that allows for failure and then to come back and reorganize and get rid of costs that are, are just overhead costs, fixed costs, get down to the break-even point, and then go forward making a profit. Profit is the only thing that will allow a country, any country, not just America, capital is your, your, your monetary resources, your natural resources, and your human resources, all working together in laissez-faire free market enterprise that requires a democracy to allow for the freedoms that will allow that to happen. So yeah, am I giving you a course in economics or accounting or what is it? No, it's called survival of the, of the fittest. The fittest when it comes to knowing how to generate and expand on the, on the fixed resources and be, be able to, to invent the intangible resources. Uh, those inventions that have invented the printing press and the automobile and the TV and the internet and the handheld computers, the tablets, the, the cell phones, all of those things came from free enterprise. America. Yeah, they swept the world. Everybody wants to be in America when it comes to um, feeling good about your day. I've written a, a poem called My America, if you will take a listen to it. It's, that's what America is all about. It's not about politics. It's not about uh, going to Mars right now or a space force. Let's focus on what, what the problems are. But no, everybody is saying issues. Issue is the most used word in society. Everything is an issue. No one wants to have to deal with the problems. No, you got to think. You got to start envisioning solutions. Now, this government is like running a drugstore on cash in, cash out. Without any vision, without any plan, 
with a defense department, with no uh, offense department, and we're losing the game. The game internationally is the game of enterprise. Global trade, hell yes, we're going to have it. The world is, is so small. 90% of the trade is conducted on the seas, the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. And who now controls the seas? It used to be the Dutch. Okay, they were in charge. Well, they, they blew it. And then it was the British. And they were everywhere. They controlled the whole world. And then they blew it. And here we are, United States. We thought we had the world by the tail because of our inventions and our Western lifestyle. And guess what? We forgot about the Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean and our exporting, which became more expensive than, uh, than our importers could, could uh, pay. So we thought, well, we'll take advantage of the cheap labor in those countries and we will allow them to kind of catch up. Yeah, we'll, we'll allow them to, to take our technology and reverse engineer it in many cases or steal it or, or somehow get it and then sell it back to us with less quality and higher prices. And guess what? We're paying shipping. Yeah. Yeah, China now has its own cargo ships. Its own, it manufactures containers. And there's 10,000 containers on a, a small ship, cargo ship and 18,000 on a, on a big cargo ship. And they're charging our markets. Uh, used to be 3,000 a container and it got as high as 30,000 a container during the pandemic. You say, oh my God, you're kidding. Yeah, and it takes anywhere from two weeks to, to a month to get the goods to the, to the consumer. The, the cost of this is enormous. How did we ever allow that to happen? Well, we had people running this country that never ever started a business or managed a business or, or knew anything about the difference between wholesale and retail and, and supplier and, and how close the supplier is because the closer the supplier, the cheaper the product can be for selling and making more money. Oh, oh, oh you mean this is just one big business? Yes, and China has picked our pocket. They have our products. You say, oh, well, no, that's child labor and they're abusing all those children by forcing them in these, in these smoky factories. Go look at the videos on, their, on China. 20 largest, their 20 largest cities are larger than New York City. And who built those? It wasn't children. No, it was very hard working smart, smarter than Americans. Chinese are, are, are eating our lunch. So it's a misconception that the Chinese want to destroy America with a, a, a hydrogen bomb or a missile. They've employed us. No, we gave our products to them. They manufacture them and then send them over here. And they've employed us to, to unload because they load them up in Shanghai robotics. They don't even touch the products are all loaded by robotics into the, their containers onto their cargo ships and ship them over here in 20 and 100 other ports around the world. Oh my God, they're taking over the world. Of course, 
How did they do it? The same way America was doing it. And they just turned the tables on us. Yeah, they're smarter than we are. We haven't had anybody running this country that knew anything about global trade and what was going on when they signed their agreements and thought, well, we'll spread the wealth. Well, <laughs> the wealth is now turned on us because now they control the, the product distribution and the pricing because we're paying shipping within what they're, they're selling us. And when we get it, we've already lost money. We lose a trillion a year on the imbalance of trade because not only did China learn from this, so did Vietnam, Indonesia, India, South uh, Korea. Oh, you mean all of our friends in OPEC? All these other countries, they are now uh, in control. And who's running those countries? It's one, one uh, leader government. You can call it communism, not, uh, fascism, Nazism, whatever you want to call it. They don't have the overhead that we have. We don't, they don't have unions. They don't have strikes. They don't have th uh, uh, two parties shooting at each other and getting nothing done. They're only talking issues, not talking about solving the global uh, trade problem. Uh, and it's getting worse. And our stock market is just floating along. You know, Bill Gates says he's worth 80, 40, 50 billion dollars. He couldn't sell that stock even to China. And he's the guy that's going around buying up all the farmland because what does China need from America? Farmland. They need food. And we're not even using that leverage on them. What I'm saying is that we have to turn the tables on not just China, but all those 30 other countries that have, they export more to us than we import to them or export to them. We import more from 30 countries than we export to them. And this is growing. Our gross domestic and national product is not going to grow when the Fed is increasing the cost of capital here and it keeps all of the production and supply over there. We have to get the Federal Reserve under control, under the, the supervision of our offense department, which is going to replace the defense department that is only going to be concerned with not building weapons of mass destruction that's costing us trillions of dollars to, 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 to put them in inventory and then give them to Ukraine, hoping they can beat off Russia, which is a joke because Russia, China, Iran, those other countries that I mentioned that export more to us than, than we do to them have got us by, you know, you know what? And we're going to have to comply with that rather than the conception that America is going to lead the world. We lost that chance. Is there going to be a one world government? Probably. Where is it going to be? In Beijing. The Chinese are way smarter than we are. They have got control of the seas. 75% of what, what's, what's conducted out there is from China. 90% of the trade in the world is by seas. Turning the tables. How are we going to turn the tables? Uh, how can we fix this? 
Well, first of all, you say we're not going to pay shipping. No, if you if you sell to us, it's going to be FOB shipping point. You have to cover the shipping cost to get it to us. And you say, oh my God, well then we won't get it. Well, there, China itself, if you analyze where they are now, have overextended themselves. They have a huge cost of the cities they've now got and the people now have a social security system over there and I bet you didn't even know that. They also are going to implement generally accepted accounting principles so they know where they are financially. There is no place in, no government agency in this country that's conducted on a, a cruel basis. It's all the money coming in and the money going out. And if they don't have enough money to pay for the things, money going out, they borrow it. And they include that, include that in their cash receipts along with higher and higher taxes. Yes, I'm recording this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, generally accepted accounting principles. Well, I guess you never heard of GAAP. Well, every company in this country, because of the internal revenue rules, have to be on generally accepted accounting principles. Well, what in the world is that? <coughs> is that just a bean counter concept? No, it says that you have to record on an accrual basis those costs that relate to the revenue that you have to be able to determine what your profit really is. We have no, we have no government agency in this country that's on accrual accounting. How do I know that? Because I was, was a part of a project in Springfield, Illinois to convert the state of Illinois to generally accepted accounting principles. And we conceived of a computer programs and all that that would enable us to track our receivables and our payables and all those things that no one really wants to know about and don't understand. So we would know what the bottom line really was because the bottom line is cash flow. If you don't have enough cash flow to pay your bills, it's called insolvency, insolvency. Wow, is that where America is? Well, we're underwater. We have more total obligations than debt than we have assets. That includes our natural resources. Yeah, uh, uh, supposedly our country has $184 trillion in assets. We have $215 trillion in obligations, $32 trillion in current uh, liabilities, which means we got to pay those and pay the interest on those. And now the interest is as much as, as health care. We spend on health care almost. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding on anything. Look, look, look it up. Read my books. You're not going to see it in, in any in the Wall Street Journal or or in the uh, Washington Post or the New York Times. No, they're they're just shooting at each other. The McCoys and Hatfields on issues. What's the issue of the day? Well, right now it's losing our ass. Is the is the problem of the day? And, and uh, as you set up accrual accounting, you find that, oh my God, we can't have an infrastructure bill with no cash. Oh, well, you just issue those treasury bills uh, on a long-term basis. Oh, well, no one wants to buy our treasury bills on a long-term basis. Matter of fact, $7 trillion of our U.S. treasury notes are, are owned by China, Japan, South Korea, all those countries that we that export to us more are getting treasury notes is in payment 
as fiat money for our purchases because we don't have enough cash flow to pay as we go. Oh my God, how did that ever happen? Well, look back and look at the presidents, look at the Congress. The Congress is made up 90% of attorneys. The rest of them are bureaucrats that, that just swing depending upon the, the, the party that's in charge and always vote for the, the incumbents because they don't want to have any changes. They don't want anybody to know the real America, like Rayburn says, go along, get along. So they do. Everyone's going along to get along. We have more in credit, uh, student credit, student loan credit than credit card credit. And that's all over a trillion dollars. And now we're going to give the, 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 the student loans, uh, 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 going to write them off? That's a loss. That loss has to come from somewhere. It should come from the, the colleges and universities that overcharged us because the government was willing to guarantee the loans. Come on. This is all craziness. Am I crazy? No, I don't think so. I'm just trying to educate the, the, the voter. Oh, you can't educate the voter, the, 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 the experts on, on voting and and getting elected, you, you don't want to educate the, the voter, then they'll hold you accountable. We have no accountability in this country. We have no plan, we have no books, we have no future. Until this thing is fixed, we have no future. Okay, we got the hedge funds. Uh, Ray Dalio, who's supposed to be the expert in business, has a book out, The New World Order and how that happens. And he's got determinants that predicting America after the Dutch and the British, America is now the big kahuna. And, and he's got 18 determinants of this curve that he calls the New World Order Curve. Well, we had have peaked. We peaked in the Second World War, and now we're sliding down the other side of the curve and it's financial as well, as well as societal. And China, on the other hand, 2,000 years older than we are, is now have the, their curves going up. They've kind of learned from us how to do this. And as we cross tangents, as we're going down and they're going up, there will be either a hot war or a, a trade war, according to Dalio. And he says, this is evolution. There is no way to stop it. And his last comment in his book is, let, let evolution be with you. Well, he's selling short on America and buying long on China. He believes it. And I believe it has to stop because that is only what George Orwell predicted, that the world becomes a 1984 disaster, totalitarianism ruling. And if you don't have any visions at all, well, then you're going to be a victim. And these visions that I'm trying to give you are only from the basis of my business experience of having to fail and come back. So America is failing. It's at a point where it will completely, the, the bubble will burst. The stock market will crash. The, uh, the jobs will be lost. America, the, the bountiful, will now be not in first place, 
but in last place. We're already 38th in healthcare. We're already, our, 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 our life expectancy is going down. A very unhealthy America has been, like the Romans, sitting in the Colosseum, you know, drinking their wine and eating their grapes and watching the, the, the NFL and the NBA and all this other stuff, while China, yeah, they want to be us. Hell, put an NBA team there. They're in North Korea. They may want to um, cooperate. Who knows? But in my parlance, we need to turn the tables on them. And we need to do it now. We cannot wait till 2084, which would be 100 years after what Orwell said was going to happen in 1984. And it will happen. Um, my book, Americana, does predict how that happens. Yeah, I'm an author. You know, I, I'm uh, self-published because my, my books don't sell because no one wants to really know what's coming. They want to just vote for either the Democrats or the Republicans. And then the Republicans want to have control of the Congress and the, and the Supreme Court by putting three Catholics on that are going to live forever. And, or the Democrats, they want to have their diverse Supreme Court. Uh, you know, it just never stops. As we, we do not have a country that is united. We are so totally divided here. You could call us the divided states. America, uh, the, the, the divided states of America. And why is that? Every state is a, a fiefdom to Big Brother, the Brotherhood. The governors are an extension of, the, of Orwell's Brotherhood. They're not accountable for anything, only to their party. Ask not what you can do for your party, ask what you can do for your country. That should be our slogan. These, there's such partisanship, there's never gonna be any, any, any consensus. How can there be? When no one really has a plan, Trump didn't have a plan. He had the direction that we should be going. If anything, he broke the ice. He broke the, the glass ceiling on this country. And I respect him for that. But it wasn't enough. We have to have the same plans that China has. China has the wolf warrior plan. The next hundred years, they've got plotted out. Not to destroy America. It's to replace democracy with communism. They have... China capital and China, um, the China dream. And they've employed us. And they expect to employ the rest of the world to basically uh, buy their products and allow them to take advantage of the natural resources in Africa and Brazil and America to get their cobalt for building uh, computers and and technology and raw, rare earth and all of those things that the rest of America ha rest of America and the world have that they don't have. So turning the tables, Sherry, is what we have to do. What do you think? <laughs>
uh, we kind of chuckle here because this is our breakfast table talk, and she wants me to get passionate and and and, and express not ideas. This is not an idea. It's an ideology that America has earned, and it's called Americanism. It's the wedding of American. Uh, capitalism and American socialism. And unless we take advantage of that, our future is bleak. And I'm running out of time on this particular uh, around the breakfast table. So, Sherry, thanks for listening. Say goodbye. Okay, it's worrisome, you know, and I'm, I'm, I think people should be thinking about what you're saying. So, anyway... Thank you. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.